Hi, I'm Laura Sell, and welcome to another episode of Small Doses with Laura Sell. Before we start the new season of Small Doses, I wanted to come and talk about the alleged teacher shortage. Well, back when the country shut down, the height of the pandemic, I talked quite a bit about how the public really, really didn't appreciate teachers. The first uh, few weeks of the shutdown, when the children were home with their parents, oh, the parents sang all kind of praises about the teachers and they, you know, wanted to cash out for money and gift them and they were all on social media and on the news talking about how great those parents, how, how great the teachers were and what a wonderful job they did and how much they missed them and oh my gosh, they just sang the praises of those of those teachers. But once those parents were ready to leave home and return to the workplace, they were demanding that teachers come back. And many teachers were afraid still to come back because of the pandemic. And they were worried about their own health and their, their lives and the health and lives of elderly parents that some of them may have lived with or children with com compromised uh, immune systems. And the public cared not. They wanted to go back to work because they were tired of being at home with their kids. They wanted the teachers to resume their duties. Well, I told you then, the American public views our teachers as babysitters. Yeah, they don't value them as educated professionals. So let's go back to the part about the parents, you know, complaining about, you know, they were ill-equipped to teach their children and they needed those teachers to be there. Hmm. Well, many teachers are leaving the classrooms because sometimes they're feeling a little overwhelmed and they're feeling a little ill-equipped sometimes. Well, wonder why? Well, sometimes we have children in our school systems who have special needs. And a lot of these, a lot of times the special needs are psychological disorders or psychiatric disorders, and the teachers aren't equipped to handle it. And even though they put uh, paraprofessionals or service providers in for some of those students, it doesn't solve all of the problems. So when teachers have to spend a great deal of the day dealing with one or two children who might have a particular special need, they're neglecting the other 24, 25, 26 kids in their classroom to do so. And it's draining and they become overwhelmed. So... You know, then you have the parents who don't want to medicate their children, and that's their absolute right. But when they don't medicate their children and they show up for school and they're acting out and they're out of control and the teachers have to call administrators all day long to come and, you know, get these children and find somewhere for them to go besides the classroom, it's very disruptive. And it's not just disruptive to the teachers, it's disruptive to the other children in the classroom. So sometimes no teaching is happening and no learning is happening. So teachers are overwhelmed with this. Now the rest of us on our jobs, those of us who aren't in the classroom, we might have a coworker or a client who comes in and may have some psychological or, or psychiatric issues, but they're not disrupting what we do all day throughout the day. So we need to be a little bit more considerate of that. You know, um, another reason teachers are leaving is because they aren't paid enough to live a working middle-class lifestyle. Many teachers don't make enough money to actually purchase a home. That's terrible. 
Teachers are educated professionals. They have spent at least four years of college, like many of you who have spent four years of college and earn a decent living, but they don't. And just because they actually only teach nine years, nine months out of the year, doesn't mean that their pay should stop at that nine months. So, because they got to live for 12. So they have to choose to take the option of having their check stretched out over 12 months versus the nine months. Yeah, that's a choice they have to they have to make. And in some states, if they miss a window of asking for that, then they don't get that. So it varies from state to state. So everybody else gets paid for 12 months. You get your two-week vacation or you get whatever time off and no questions are asked. But everyone assumes that the three months the teachers are off, that they're off vacationing for three months. Nope. A lot of times, if you ask them, they spend more than a month getting ready to return to the classroom to take care of your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters. So they're not making a lot of money. And the reason why they should make more money is not only are they right now having to educate your children, teaching them the core subjects, um, so that they can, your children can learn and go out into the world and be fantastic people. They're having to be therapists. They're having to be counselors. Some of them are having to be certified nurse assistants because they have to help administer medication. Uh, they're referees when the children get into brawls and squabbles and whatnot. You know, and since COVID, <laughs> a lot of them are having to be hazmat specialists. You know, they're having to go into the room and sanitize things wipe things down, you know. So we're asking a lot of our teachers and giving them just a little pay. You know, they don't feel respected sometimes by the administrators. They often feel that sometimes administrators are there to build their own resumes up so that they can move on to more important jobs within this education system. Sometimes, you know, um, administrators only advocate for the children but they're forgetting that they are a part of this triangle where they're supposed to work with the teachers, the parents, on behalf of the children. They're supposed to be a team. They're not supposed to just be choosing one side. So a lot of times teachers are feeling, you know, abandoned by their administrators. The interesting thing is about this is I have been listening to teachers for many years. I'm the daughter of two retired teachers. I am the sister of a retired teacher. I'm the parent of two teachers. I have lots of other educators in my family, not to mention friends. And I have listened to the things that they say. And what I've picked up on is very often they don't advocate for themselves out of fear because especially with the special needs thing, because by law, all the children are legally supposed to be educated in their communities. Nobody's going to dispute that. So when they're mainstreaming a lot of these children in who aren't ready to be mainstreamed, that puts stress on them. But they know, the teachers know that they can't say anything because that's a, that becomes a legal issue. So what happens is they quietly just resign and walk away and they go into other career fields because they know that they don't have a leg to stand on because these children have a right to be there. So they don't say anything. You know, talking about the pay again, um, if you look at the North Carolina pay scale, a teacher who has taught for 25 years, 25 years, maxes out 
at $52,000 a year. Let that sink in for a minute. An educated professional who has done the job for 25 years, almost to retirement, is only maximizing, maxing out, top pay for them is $52,000 a year. How ridiculous is that? That's just ridiculous. Think about that. $52,000 a year for 25 years. That makes absolutely no sense. You know, earning $52,000 a year barely can afford a person a house and a car. You can't afford a house no, and a car note on $52,000 a year. Vacation? That means a staycation. You're going out in the backyard, probably, if you can afford to go out in the backyard. My goodness. So like I said, a lot of these teachers won't speak up because of, of legal issues. Um, I remember back when I was working at a school in uh, Texas around 2003, the principal came in and he made an announcement to all the faculty that uh, faculty was no longer going to be able to give grades lower than a 68. That took all of the oxygen out of the room. The teachers were astonished. So what do we do with the kids who don't make a 68? You got to give them a 68. What sense does that make where we don't want to affect their self-esteem? This was all part of that George Bush to uh, No Child Left Behind initiative. That's one of the dumbest things that ever happened on the planet. If the kid can't read and the kid can't count, the kid shouldn't get a passing grade. And it's not to make the kid feel bad about themselves. It just means somebody somewhere needs to help this child in a different way to get what they need to get. So I know from 2003, moving forward, a whole lot of people are walking out there that cannot read and cannot count. And they got passing grades and they have graduated high school all to save their self-esteem. Hmm. Make it make sense. It makes no sense. Recently heard from a friend who said, she works in a school district or used to work in a school district and they were not allowed to give a child a grade lower than a 60. Woo! So if the child is earning a 30, a 40, a 50, or a zero, they're getting a D when they deserve an F. It makes no sense. We got to do better. We got to do better. Because you know what? We're going to keep passing these kids along. And they're going to grow up and they're not going to be able to get good jobs. And when they can't get good jobs, they're going to try to get into politics and go out there and be like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Herschel Walker. Do we really need more politicians that are not bright? I don't think so. So, you know, the government doesn't care about children because children don't vote. They always use children as a talking point. Oh, we want to save the planet for our children. And, oh, we want to save this money. We got to, you know, work against the deficit and we can't raise these taxes or we need to raise these taxes and all, 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 blah, 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 for their children and for their grandchildren. Bull. If you really cared about your children, you take care of their teachers, the people that they're with the longest every day throughout the entire school year, nine months out of the year. They're with their teachers longer than they're with their families. But you don't take care of the teachers. So now look at what the governments are doing. 
all across the country. Some states are lowering the practice, the practice scores for future teachers. Some states are taking high school graduates who have just a little bit of community college to come in and teach the children. Some states are considering taking in the veterans. Now they've had a program uh, from green to the classroom or something some years ago, but they're expediting this and they want these vets to come in and teach these children. Um, they're doing all kinds of crazy programs, just putting any old body in the classroom with your children because they don't care. It doesn't matter because they only need a warm body that can babysit the children. They don't care about educating the children. That's why they're trying to uh, uh, take books out and, and, and squelch the, the correct teaching of the history of the United States of America. They don't care about the kids. Kids don't vote and kids don't pay taxes. I said that when I was a social worker and we couldn't get things done for kids who were in foster care. They don't vote, so nobody cares. It's ridiculous. You're going to put any old body in the classroom with the children that you care about. So if you want, you know, there's no teacher shortage. We have the teachers. We have teacher abuse, and that's why they're leaving. They don't want to stay in jobs where they're not appreciated. They don't want to stay in jobs where they don't feel safe. If the government really cared about the kids, they ban assault weapons. Come on now. Teachers have PTSD. Teachers have anxiety about going into the classroom because not only do they have to be the social worker, the counselor, the, the, the referee, all the things, the nurse, they now have to be a shield and protect your kids from being gunned down by some lunatic who shows up with an assault rifle. So now we're asking them to be the protector of our children as well. See, you don't have to worry about somebody coming into your house to shoot up your children because we haven't seen that quite yet. But we see them going into the schools all the time. I knew when they didn't do anything about Sandy Hook, when all those little blonde, blue-eyed babies got killed, they wasn't going to do nothing about no guns. Come on, son. They weren't. It wasn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're not going to change it. They don't care about the children because children don't vote. Children don't pay taxes. They don't care about your kids. And many of you don't really care about what's happening at school. You just need a babysitter because tell the truth, shame the devil, think about it. That's all you really need school for. The benefit is that they learn something for the children. The benefit for you is you get to go and do what you got to do with free babysitting. It's free babysitting. They catch the bus at old dark 30 in the morning, what, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, depending on where they live and how far they have to be bussed away. And then they get home at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. That gives you enough time to go to work, get off, run by the grocery store, pick up a couple of things and get home. Just in time to hear how their day was at school. Come on now. Nobody cares about the kids. Quit saying you care about the kids. Because if you care about the kids, you take care of the people who teach the children. And they care about your kids. You know how I know teachers care about your kids? They care about your kids because they use their own money to buy school supplies for the kids. Teachers buy paper, pencils, crayon, 
notebooks. Yeah, that's things that the government should be paying for, but the government doesn't care because what? Let's say it again. Say it with me. Kids don't vote and kids don't pay taxes. I've contributed for several years to several young educators who have posted on their Facebook pages their Amazon wish list for things they need for their classrooms. I shouldn't have to do that. I already pay taxes. They shouldn't have to be asking people for this. The school system should provide everything our educators need to educate our children, but they don't. You say it this time. I'm not going to say it. One, two, three, because. Right. They don't vote and they don't pay taxes. The government does not care about your children. So. If you think that people who have not been educated in the field of education, whether it's early childhood or secondary uh, education, if you think you can put people in there who don't have these degrees to manage these classrooms, you're sorely mistaken. We're going to see more and more news stories about bad things happening in the classroom, especially when you're talking about putting some vets in there. Now, I ain't no doctor and I don't play one on TV and I'm not a psychic. I don't have a crystal ball, but I've been married to a soldier for 36 years. Been in this military life for a long time. The majority of the people who've been over in the sandbox have come back with some level of PTSD. Some more severe than others. Now, you're going to put a soldier in the classroom with little children who take medication because they have psychological or psychiatric issues now, the first time little Johnny go off and does some stuff out the way, you really think this soldier going to be able to police up himself? The hammer that? Come on now, you're going to have two people in there snapping. Then the soldier going to end up in jail because he's going to lay hands on that child. Ah! You want to put some high school grads with a little community college in a classroom with these kids? You must be out of your mind. If the educated professionals who've been taught to manage a classroom are struggling to manage some of these children. What in the world do you think putting Beavis and Butthead in there going to do? Nothing. It's going to be problems. Because these people don't have the KSAs, the knowledge, skills, and ability to handle these situations. But it doesn't matter because they only need them for babysitting. If they learn something, fine. If they don't, it's okay. We just need the children to go somewhere while mom and dad go to work. Why? Because <laughs> nobody cares about the teachers. Nobody cares about the kids. Okay? We see teachers protesting all the time in different states, asking for different things. It got to the point here in North Carolina, they passed a law that the teachers can't walk out of protest. Come on, y'all. You needed a whole law to silence a group of people who were simply asking for what they needed to do their jobs to take care of the children of the state of North Carolina. They had to pass a whole law to silence the teachers. How ridiculous is that? What other job has had a law passed to keep them from being able to speak out on their own behalf? Come on now. Y'all can protest, but you can't protest during school hours. 
Because you need to be in there babysitting our children. And if you're teaching them something, that's good. Come on now. Teachers deserve the same respect as any other profession. They deserve better pay. They deserve to be paid 12 months out of the year. They deserve to be able to show up and do their jobs without having to pull kids from under the desk because they're having a crisis. They deserve to be able to do their jobs without having to remind little Johnny he can't cuss everybody out. Or little Sally that she can't throw chairs across the room. Come on now. They deserve better. Teachers shouldn't have to spend their own money on learning materials. We got to do better by our educators. I frankly don't blame them. I'd leave the profession too. I'd go do something else besides being in the classroom with uncontrollable kids, administrators who, you know, give you the little soft talk speech about it's going to be okay and we're here for the children and la-di-da. We're here for the children, but the hell with you and you pull through the best you can because I'm sure you have better coping skills. Really? Well, I'm going to tell you what. Some of these teachers do walk in with coping skills, but after having to deal with little Johnny and, and little Sarah and, and, and some of these other little kids, they lose their coping skills because they too become affected. They start having anxiety. They start showing signs of burnout. And then they quietly leave the profession. So stop the lie about the teacher shortage. There is no teacher shortage. The shortage is the respect for teachers. The shortage is the pay for teachers. That's where the shortage is. The educators are here. They exist. All of them haven't retired. You know? We got to do better by our educators. They deserve more. They need a lobbyist. They need lobbyists in Washington, D.C., to go speak on their behalf. So maybe some of the educators who are leaving the classroom won't leave the field completely. Maybe they will become the lobbyists that they need and they'll lobby their state houses and they'll lobby the federal houses and get the support that they need. We gotta do a better job taking care of our educators. And I'm gonna say it again. You must be out of your mind. I don't care what state you live in. You must be out of your mind if you think putting boo-boo in the food, boo-boo the fool in the classroom with our children in the absence of educated professionals. You must be out of your mind. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. They're not gonna pay these people as much as they were paying the teachers. And they're gonna quit too. The first time somebody hurls a chair across the classroom, I tell you what, these stand-ins for the educators, they're going to be out. And they're going to be rolling these people in like a revolving door. And basically what they're trying to do is make education kind of like fast food. If you don't work out, we'll hire somebody else. Because, you know, some years ago, fast food places stopped training people. You know, they used to make you train before you did these jobs. Now they just put you on the floor, give you a uniform. If you can read the pictures on the screen, you're good to go. And if somehow you fail, they let you go because there's 10 more people waiting on that job. That's just about what they're getting ready to do with the field of education. 
They're going to put any boo-boo to food in the classroom with these kids. And if they don't make them, they'll cycle them out and they'll bring in the next boo-boo to food. As long as we can make it through a semester or through a grading period. Because keep in mind, you can't give them less than a 60 anyway. So it doesn't matter if they can read or write. We got to do better. So that's it for Small Doses with Larcelle for today. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast channel, wherever it is. And uh, our new season starts on Wednesday, September the 7th. So remember to tune in, subscribe, and share. Y'all have a great day and enjoy your uh, Labor Day weekend. And uh, we're out. <laughs>